I don't know whether some of you knew it or not, this is Pastor Appreciation Month. And we have took up enough money to buy him a cup cup of coffee. That's good, because I love coffee. (laughs) All right, Mason, you don't know how much I think of you. But uh, this is from the congregation. And I think they all think the same way I do. Wonderful. God bless you, brother. Appreciate it, brother. Thank you. It is true, truly a blessing um, to be called by God to, to do His work. And I, I'm telling you, it doesn't have to be up here on stage um, holding the door, picking up somebody's groceries. There's a lot of work to do in the kingdom, guys. And all of us, all of us that have accepted Christ as Savior are called. And it is truly a blessing um, when you can get inside of God's will on your life and live out what He would have for you. Because, man, He's, he's got what, what is best for you. We talked about this morning in, in Sunday school about the effects of the world and what it can have on you. And I I can assure you that the world does not have your best interest at heart. But we serve a Father that does. And whenever you can do the things that He wants you to do and the things that He calls you to do, you will truly have a blessed life. It's it's amazing. Um, If you would, please bow your heads with me this morning. Gracious Heavenly Father, God, we are thankful, Lord, for the Father that you are, Lord, knowing... That everything that you would have for us, Lord, would be for our best interests. God, I pray this morning that we can put our agendas aside, Lord, and our schedules. Lord, that we can spend some time in your presence this morning. God, I came here seeking and desiring your presence, Lord. I prayed for the congregation this morning to, to seek the same. God, I want to be in your presence first and foremost. God, because that is the best place that I can be, Lord subjecting myself to to your wisdom and your knowledge and your strengths god i am so thankful for your presence in my life god i pray that everything that's been said and done thus far lord would be pleasing to you lord and that everything we continue to do would be pleasing to you as well god i i am just thankful lord truly thankful this morning for the opportunity to be in your house to to fellowship together lord with people like-minded Lord, and I just pray that you would bless everything that goes forward from here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This week was always, it's one of my favorite weeks of the year. I look forward to it every year, at least for the last three years. Um, No, it's not because it's October. Um, But Ozark County Christians worship or revival service took place this week we were at four different churches four different nights and got to hear eight different ministers it was truly a wonderful wonderful week and what a blessing it is and and i can assure you hearing these um, older guys like like brother dale and and halbert and bruce and and all them guys man they carry so much wisdom and so much faith and and that song that just played the scars they've got scars too and that's what kind of demonstrates and makes different ministries is is by the scars that we carry in our experiences 
that God has allowed us and blessed us enough to carry us through that we can reach different people. Because guys, if we all experienced the same thing, we would all be talking to the same group of people and the others would just be left out. But because I've experienced what I've experienced and, and God has blessed me enough to lead me through those deep waters where I couldn't swim, I used Him as my flotation device because my Savior walks on water. He carries me when my feet can't touch the ground. When I get in water over my head, He's there. And the fact that He led me through those deep waters and those low valleys and bless me enough to see it from the other side. It, it talked about again, opening your eyes in the morning and realizing spiritually where you are and that now you can see because of Jesus Christ has allowed us to see in a spiritual way. And I truly am thankful for that this morning. Um, I was excited to be here this morning. I just, being with fellowship all week just gets you excited. I don't know if you've ever met somebody on, on the street and just start visiting. You start talking about God and you start sharing testimonies. And man, I just get jacked up about that stuff, man. I'll walk away and I'm like, yeah, like that was awesome. Those experiences beat anything else, in my opinion. Being able to experience and, and be with brothers and sisters in Christ more often than we usually are, is always a total blessing for me. I have people walk in my office at the bank sometimes, and I, I've talked with people about Christ for an hour, hour and a half in the bank, and it's, it's such a true blessing um, to fellowship with people like-minded as you are. It just It's uplifting, guys. That's why we have church families, because when we're going through those deep waters and those down times, man, we've got to have people to fall on. Christ is there with you, but we can have friends that can remind us where to look to. Because sometimes when we're going through hard times, we're walking with our head down like this because we've just been beat down. And the only thing we can see is down until a friend comes along, pats you on the back, says, brother, God's got you. Look towards him. And then you can walk around with your head up because they reminded you where your goal is. I'm going to be in a couple different places this morning. I'm going to be in Romans 15, just starting, and I'm just going to be there for a little bit. Uh, Romans 15, starting in verse 5. It says, Now the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded one towards another according to Jesus Christ, or to Christ Jesus, that ye may with one mind and one mouth glorify God even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wherefore, receive ye one another, as Christ also received us to the glory of God. I don't know if you know the path that I'm going down this morning, but unity. What I've seen all week was unity. I've seen several different denominations of religion unified by what? The head of the church. Unified by Christ, which is the way we should be unified. He doesn't say bodies. He says body under one head. And so within that body, we should be with one mind and one mouth, glorify God, even the father of our Lord, Jesus Christ. You ever notice, and I noticed it 
so much this week was we had singing in two songs before, two songs in the middle. And every time we would sing, the whole congregation was singing. Why? Because they were purposely and intentionally there to glorify their father. Because it was out of the realm and out of the normal church service times, you had people that were actively seeking God. Because it wasn't part of a normal schedule. So you cast aside some of the people that don't always go or put forth the best effort and they're just kind of there to be a warm body in the congregation. But you got the people that truly wanted to be there because they were seeking God's presence in their life and they wanted more of Him and they wanted extra time with Him in a fellowship gathering. And I thought it was funny because I'm not a great singer. I sing a lot, but I am... Not a great singer. And the kids have even told me to be quiet sometimes. But that's only after the dog gets barking. It's fine. But I noticed how great we sounded together. Mainly because I couldn't hear myself. But when God's children come together for the purpose of glorifying Him... It sounds so beautiful. Guys, I am fully convinced that you could gather up all the churches in the county and you take the bottom five singers from every church and you put them in a building and you play a little tune on a piano and they start saying victory in Jesus. It's going to sound good. Because guess what? Just like in singing, in life, we're all bad at it. We're all bad at it. But when we come together in unity, when we come together in unity, Jerry's strengths makes up for my weaknesses. My strengths make up for Annette's downfalls. My wife completes the other half of me. My kids fill in with love and compassion that I'm missing. Because a unified body of Christ... It's beautiful. It's perfect. Why? Because we're under the shed blood of Jesus Christ. We're all walking and we're all sharing in the same blood. I had a woman come to me and she was crying and apologizing. And, and uh, I said, you ain't got to cry and apologize to me. We're still brother and sister. We still share the same blood. We're doing the same thing. And it's a great thing. So when we, when we talk about glorifying God, I believe just like a grandmother, whenever she can have her kids and her grandkids gathered around a dinner table, all together, all at once, conversing, laughing, telling stories. I can't believe that God would be unhappy about that. I believe that God and the angels in heaven are rejoicing. I believe that the people that we've known that have already went on are rejoicing in the fact that we're unifying in the body of Christ. And I'll be honest with you guys, you can watch the news or whatever you want to watch and and gather in as much worldly influence as you want to. But the body of Christ in Ozark County, Missouri is beginning to unify. 
I could see it happening, and it's not just in this congregation. It's breaking down traditional barriers that have been in their church bylaws for hundreds of years are coming down. Because children of God are starting to listen to God more than they are man. And it's a beautiful thing because we've also got a youth, not only in our congregation, but in congregations across the county. And I'm convinced it's across the state that are unifying, that are not ashamed to stand up and proclaim Jesus Christ. And I'm confident in the fact that the reason the world is starting to get so proactive on rebuking Christ is because Christians are finally starting to realize that traditions of man don't mean as much as a relationship with God. And so as we gather to unify this morning... Now, God of patience and consolation, grant you to be like-minded one towards another, according to Christ Jesus, that you may with one mind and with one mouth glorify God. There's no better representation than singing hymnals together in a congregation, glorifying God with one mind and one mouth. I'm going to flip over to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. It's page 1306 in my Bible, if that helps anybody. Colossians chapter 3, starting in verse 1, it says, If ye then be risen with Christ. Alright, so we've got a stipulation. If ye then be risen with Christ. To be unified, to be like-minded, we have to have Christ as Savior. Basis, right? Standing on the solid rock. We've got to have the foundational knowledge that we are sinners and that we can't do it on our own. Foundational knowledge that Jesus Christ came and died and three days later was resurrected and now sits on the right hand of the Father. Boom, like-minded, basis of knowledge. So if you then be risen with Christ in those things which are above, sorry, if you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things of this earth. It doesn't say set your sights. It says set your affection. That means get passionate about it. Not just looking towards, but desiring thee. I think sometimes I fall a little short on the desire part. I look to God a lot. I look to God a lot. I try to see God in everything, but my desire for Him slips a little bit sometimes because I don't want to take that extra step. We said sacrifice this this morning in Sunday school, and it was like, ooh, sacrifice. Eh. Everybody wants to talk about it. Everybody wants to raise a hallelujah, but a lot of people don't want to sacrifice the time to do it. Set your affection... 
on the things above, not on things of this earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. He hides you from this world. You are hidden with Him. We talked about the word of mystery that people can't see. And we can't see us because we're covered by the blood. He's hidden like a mama hen. Sheltering her little chicks. She spreads out her wings to protect them. We are right there under our Savior's wings as He protects us. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then then shall ye also appear with Him in glory. Christ is coming back. He's coming back to get us and He's going to glorify us. Amen? That's the reason we raise a hallelujah. That's the reason we sing praise because we serve a resurrected Savior that not only died for us. Listen, on Thursday night, I got the easiest topic in the Bible. I'm sure it's because they think I'm slow. And that's fine because I am. Thursday night, my topic was to preach Christ crucified. Preach Christ crucified. I preached Christ crucified, but guess what my second set of scripture was? It was about the resurrection. Because Christ didn't stop at death, He lives. And as a living Savior, He's coming back to gather His sheep. Because He is the shepherd. And He will come back to gather. Skipping down to verse 8. It says, but now ye also put off all these things. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communications out of your mouth. Lie not to one another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds. I want to reference back to the first part of the first verse in this chapter. If ye thee be risen with Christ. First part, you have to be buried to be resurrected. You have to die to yourself to live in Him. Putting off the things of old to take on the things of new, which are His. He is the things of life. So we have to put off these things. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not to one another, seeing that you have put off the old man and his deeds. When we accept Christ as Savior, we put off the old man and his deeds. I'm like Kenny. It's a spiritual walk. Shedding anger is is tough sometimes. I mean, shedding anger is tough. Forgiveness, right? And I like what Halbert said. I'm not talking to you today because I want to step on your toes, man. I want to hit your heart. He said somebody came up to him after a, a service one time. He's like, man, you stepped all over my toes. And he's like, I'm sorry. The guy's like, why? And he goes, because I meant to hit your heart. He said, I don't care about your toes. I want God to write these things on your heart. Amen. We're here today because we need a heart change. It's a heart condition. I could have no feet and my heart still be set right. I had a guy say... One time that was missing a leg. Somebody asked him. Said, man, how can you not be bitter about only having one leg? He looked at him and said, how 
can you be bitter about having two? It's all about perspective. It's all about where you set your heart and your mind and your affection. Not just to seek Him with your eyes, but to effectively seek Him with all your inner being. But guys, putting off these things, putting off anger and wrath and malice and filthy communication will not only benefit yourself, but you're going to benefit everybody that you talk to. Everybody that you talk to, this is the first step in unity. We have to die to ourselves to unify in Him. Because when I'm thinking about me, there's not much unity in my household. Amen? When I desire the things of me, my wife is usually probably pretty unhappy. And my kids likewise. When I start desiring and seeking after the things that God would have for me, my household becomes a lot more happy. And guess what? If my household is happy, my wife's friends are happier. My wife's workplace is happier. My workplace is happier. My kids go to school happier. It is a domino effect when we start aligning ourselves because when I resort to my kids out of loving, caring, kindness, instead of wrath and anger, and I'm not saying they don't get my wrath and anger every now and then, But when I can tell them that I love them, and when I can tell my wife that I love her, and then not only am I saying it with my mouth, but I'm saying it with my every part of my being, and they know it, and they can feel it, then it makes a much better place wherever they're headed to, because they carry that love with them are you carrying the love of the father because you're trying to unify in the spirit because you're not trying to do it on your own accord are you letting the old man stay in the grave or do you have a shovel in one hand trying to dig him out while the other hand is lifted in praise you can't have both you can't be digging the old man out to let him set free while you got one hand in praise What does Paul say about you know, singing psalms and hymns and then likewise out of the same mouth cursing and, and doing other things? It shouldn't be. It shouldn't come out of the same place. But this is going to help us unify. In verse 9, not, lie not to one another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man, which is renewed in the knowledge of after the image of him that created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Think about it. In every part of the church, we got people that serve. If there's an activity that goes on, there are God's people serving God's kingdom. Right? If we have, this morning, we had teachers here this morning. We had people making the coffee. We had greeters. We had people that unlocked the door. People that turned on the lights. I'm standing here. Everybody was working together, unified with the blood of Christ. And just imagine if 100% all the time we served in our own capacity... Always seeking Christ and not ourselves. 
think about how happy this church would be. I can tell you that there wouldn't be enough pews to seat everybody if every time we serve the kingdom of God, not in our own capacity, but served it because we love God and Christ is all and He is in all. Amen? I, that's a growth thing, guys. We've got to be growing there. You've got to set your affections on the things above, not of this world. I'm not saying I'm perfect, nor will I be in this body. But the culmination and the glorification is when Christ comes back and gets me, and He sets that crown of righteousness on my head, will I be perfected? But until there, we are building towards that. As Kenny says, not sinless, but we sin less. We think of ourselves less. We want to serve God more. We sacrifice more of ourselves so that we can receive more of Him. If you're at 50% right now, sacrifice. Next week, try 60. It's a building process to unify yourself, and it's going to unify the body. Because when we got people like Halbert that heard from God to do this thing, he sacrificed himself, his congregation, and everything that he had stood for for a long time to follow what God had said. And I will be honest with you, three years ago when he did it for the first time, he got beat up hard. He had people leave his congregation. He had articles put in him about the paper. He pretty much got denounced from the Church of Christ organization for a while. He took a hard lick, guys. But guess what? All that has been restored plus some because he was inside of God's will when he was setting it up. He wanted less of himself and he wanted more of God. Amen? We can do that in any capacity, in the kitchen, in the music, in the pew, opening the doors. It doesn't matter if you want less of yourself and you want more of God. It's going to bring unity to the body. Because you're wanting more of Him and God wants His people to be unified. Verse 12, put on therefore as the elect of God. Who thinks that they're the elect of God? If you've received Jesus Christ as Savior, you are the elect of God. God has elected you and you've been bound into His family. So now, who thinks that they are the elect of God? Yes. Okay, that should be a happy thing, guys. We're like, "Uh, this is great. We are the elect of God. Who doesn't want to be the elect of God? The creator of everything elected you. He wanted you. He sacrificed his son for you. Being the elect of God is a good thing. It says, put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness and long suffering. Why do you think it says bowels? We talked about it a little bit this morning about being called to preach or just preaching. You can study this Bible without God showing you anything. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, it's not going to be revealed to you in the way it would 
if you had the Holy Spirit because it's just the word without the Holy Spirit. When you accept Jesus Christ as Savior, it becomes the living word. So why do we think then it comes from the bowels? Why the bowels? Because it needs to be an inner side. Jesus was getting on to them and he was saying, you know, you're saying all this stuff with your lips, but you don't mean it. What's the point of the outside of a cup being clean if the inside's still dirty? Because what's on the inside is what matters. You can look like a great polished up Christian on the outside, but if you're cheating on your wife and have sin in your life, it's going to lead to chaos. Sin is destructive by nature. God wants us to serve Him with our whole being. That's why He calls out the bowels, the innards, the importance, the center. He calls it out from the bowels because, guess what? I can walk in here and I can act like I have mercy. And I can act like I have kindness. And I can act like I'm humble. And I can act like I'm meek. And I can even act like I would suffer for people. I can say all of those things. And some might even believe it. But am I saying it with my bowels? Am I saying it with my innards? Am I showing? Am I proving? Do I believe it with my whole heart? Do I set my affection on it? When push comes to shove, that's what's going to unite people. I can promise you. I can promise you that it has to come from the inside because when the going get tough, a lot of people leave. And if you believe it with your insides, you're going to stand up and you're going to lock arms and you're going to say, I'm ready to go to battle with my brothers and sisters in Christ. But you know, it's funny, we think about that, and I thought about that the other day, and it just kind of clicked with me, when we talk about sacrificing and meaning it with our whole heart. There are those in a congregation, I always think about it with a wolf pack, or anything like that. You know, their weak always goes to the middle. The young and the weak and the sick, they go to the middle and they're surrounded by the tougher, stronger, for protection. Are we doing that? As a unified body. Do we surround our youth. And protect them from the things. That we can protect them from. Are we fervently praying. Over our youth and our sick and our weak. Are we surrounding. With God's soldiers and God's army. The people that can't speak. And can't talk for themselves. Or sometimes at a moment of weakness in their life. Guys these spots are interchangeable. Because sometimes the strong become the weak. Because they get beaten down. And guess what sometimes the weak. They get built back up. And they can go back out to fight. You don't always have to be the strong. There's a time for mourning and a time for weakness. It says there's a season for everything. You don't have to stand tall and stand strong all the time. If you're getting beat down and you need somebody, call somebody. That way you can get built back up and that the fruits of your labor may be good again. And it comes from the inside. Because you can't stand... In between the weak and the devil. 
if you don't believe it with everything that you have. Because guess what? You will fall as well. Having your heart and your affection and everything that you have set on the Lord, can we be unified to protect the weak, to protect the innocent, and to nurture them and to allow them time to grow before they start feeling the attacks themselves? Guys, part of the problem that the world has is that our kids are turned out too young and have to make decisions that adults would have to make. They're getting turned out too young and they're making bad decisions, no fault of their own because they've never been taught to make good ones. I think as, as community leaders, and I'll be honest with you, Senator Josh Hawley called me because I was a pastor, not because he knew me, but because he said pastors are normally leaders of their community. Why? Because they're not serving their self for the most part, I mean, there's exceptions to everything. He wanted to meet with leaders of the community and him being a Christian himself knew where he could best percentage-wise go to find a leader of the community. Because most of the time, people in churches are willing to sacrifice for other people. That makes them a leader because you're showing by example what should be done. Because you believe it with everything you have from your bowels, from the inside. You believe it with everything you have and you're willing to stand up unified together with other people that believe it with everything that they have from the inside. In verse 13 it says, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye churches have been shredded the body of christ has been shredded apart based on lies false accusations and unwillingness to forgive they don't believe it with their innards they're saying it with their outward but they don't believe it with their innard You don't have to believe the exact same thing that I believe to be unified in the body of Christ. That's what this week was all about, guys. Bringing together Christians that are underneath the head of Christ. That's why I thought my message, my topic was the best thing ever. Because we're unified in the burial, death, and resurrection of Christ Jesus as our Savior. Timelines about when Christmas actually was shouldn't be dividing our church. They shouldn't. The fact that Jesus Christ died on a cross and was buried and then resurrected for the omission of my sin is what unites us. And if we don't have that at the front of our mind and we're not seeking God with everything that we have, then we're never going to be unified. Because we let everything else differentiate us. When the unity in Christ comes with Christ. If you're seeking God and everything that He has for you wholeheartedly and with everything that you have, then it's going to be easy to forbear one another. It's going to be easier to forgive one another. It says if you have a quarrel, work it out. Forgive them, move on. 
Nobody's perfect. A lot of times we like to point out somebody else's sin, right? Who's guilty? I am. Man, it's that person. I'm, I'm the one that's right. I can't help it if they're mad at me for something. You know, if you're standing on the word of God, then yes. But you can still make amends with that person. You don't have to back down from your standpoint to make amends and move on. Our quarrels and our lying and our unforgiveness separate us from the one thing we should truly be desiring. So when we take say, well, I'm never going to forgive that person. You don't know what they did to me. The only thing is it's doing is separating you from God. Because God says, I forgave you for your sin and your injustices. You should forgive them likewise. Verse 14, and above all these things, put on charity or love, which is the bond of perfectness. Above all else, love. Love covers a multitude of sin. In verse 15, it says, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual things, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. In Ephesians chapter 4, in verse 2, it says, With all in loneliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Verse 4 read it, memorize it, write it on your heart. There is one body, one body. Spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Guys, it does not get much clearer than that. Even a simple redneck like me can understand that. So I come to you today pleading with you to desire unity in your life and it starts at home and then it spills out everywhere else. Get right with God. Set your heart on the things that matter. That's the first step. Accepting Jesus Christ as Savior and then setting your heart, your whole being on the things above, the things that matter, the things that are everlasting and forget all this nonsense down here. That way you're able to forgive when people do you wrong. You're able to love the people that hate you because even Jesus Christ said forgive them because they know not what they do. We need a little more leniency towards the people that spew hated us because they don't know what they don't know. If you would stand with me today. We're going to open up the altars, guys. Unity. If you didn't catch it this week, 
then you caught it today. And guess what? Tonight we're going to gather back here to sing psalms and praise to God. And we're going to unify in the Spirit. I don't care if you have a terrible voice or a good voice. When you put voices together and they're praising God, they're great voices. Put yourself aside. Ask yourself, what am I truly desiring? Am I desiring the things of this world? Or am I desiring God and everything that He would have for me? The only thing that we're doing, guys, is limiting ourselves. We're limiting our outreach. When we don't unify with God and our brothers and sisters in Christ, we're limiting our impact. This world does not need more limiting of Christians. It is time for us to unify in one spirit. With one body, with one accord, with one purpose. And that's to save as many lost and dying people in this world as we can before my loving Savior comes back and gets me. Amen? Unified in the Spirit. If you've got anything today that's holding you back, if you've got anything on your heart that is creating a wedge in between you and God first, come get rid of it. If you've got a wedge that is separating you from your congregation or your church family or your brothers and sisters in Christ, come today and get rid of it. It is time for the body of Christ to be singular. To be one body with one God and one purpose. The altars are open. Don't allow things to stay in your way any longer. We've put it off for far too long to allow healing to take place. The only way that we can start healing is to get the obstruction out of the way. Is there anybody else today? I hope that everybody had their heart touched today. I did. God is so great. He's so wonderful in everything that He does. The more that I allow Him to do in my life, the more I see it. I love what that song said, that I woke up this morning with truly open eyes. That I could truly see this morning because of the grace of God. I am so thankful for everything that He's done in my life. I hope everybody here desires the same things as that. We are going to have Fourth Sunday Sing tonight. Starts at 6. Is that right? 5. 5. Wow. 5. It's going to start at 5. It's going to be great. I love it. It's an inspiration to me. I don't know who else is is moved by music, but I mean, it, it takes me places that I can't go, especially when I'm singing to my Lord and Savior. Um, right now, following this, we are going to have the fall festival meeting. Are we going to do here or fellowship hall, Kelly? Fellowship hall. Um, anybody working, please come. Um, last day to buy snacks for the fall festival. There's lists down there. But tonight, 
when you come back tonight, because I know everybody that's here now is coming back tonight, right? I know it. Bring your snacks back tonight, because this is the last day we'll be receiving those, because then we've got to go buy what we're lacking. Um, change? Change bags. We're still collecting change to pay postage on shoeboxes. Wednesday night, there will be no adult Bible study. We do encourage you to come help set up for the fall festival. It's a big thing and it's a big outreach. This is opportunity to do God's work in our community. Come help us set up and be a part. I have no doubts that it's going to be fun. Um, I believe we are going to just have uh, snack foods, so bring a bag of chips or whatever, nothing major. Um, But the children will still be having services Wednesday night. So, kiddos, still, I know you're excited. I love her enthusiasm. She is so great. She beams all the time. I love it. Uh, Any other announcements? Yes. Yes, we're going to do leaves before we dismiss. Last weekend, last yeah, last weekend we done it for the first time. Julie, you want to explain the leaves? It's a wonderful thing. Absolutely. Get the kids up here.